Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 57 of the Holding Court Podcast. Today, we are recapping the end of the 2021 season, and I'll share my experience with this year's LA Marathon, all coming up right now on Holding Court. Does it feel good to be back? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been uh, <laughs> it's been a nice it's been a nice little break, though. I gotta say. Oh wow! Yeah, like a break from the podcast, or just a break, just a break, just a break. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. Pulling the podcast out and setting it up again, I was like, okay, how do I do this? <laughs> was it a little nostalgic? It hasn't it, been that long. It's no, been a, a month. I know. I know. It a feels, month-ish. It feels longer. I'm sure if you ask our listeners, it probably feels longer too. I'm sure they missed us. I hope so. I missed them. I have to say the end of the season was super difficult. I'm sure for the fans out there, it was difficult as well. I think it's always hard. Um, this year felt extra hard. I think with how everything ended with your season, I took that really hard as expected because I as you know I'm very invested in the games and I want you to succeed and I want things to go how I want them to go which is well and in October it's always really well so I think this year was extra tough and I think when the season ended I don't know we talked about doing an episode and just kind of recapping and going through all of the emotions and then we were putting it off and so I just kind of took that as okay let's give it a beat and see where we're at see what it feels like and started to get some messages of people <laughs> which is always good asking where we were and if we we're going to do an episode and especially leading up to the marathon which we can talk about I'm just wanting an episode from us. And I think that feels good for sure to be missed and to know that we've become a part of people's lives and their routines and in their podcast rotation or their drive to work or while they're taking their dog walks around the neighborhood and things like that. So it felt good. Yeah, we even had some people come up in person, like at the expo for the marathon, saying how much they love the podcast and when we're going to put our next episode out and, and all that. So, um, that's always refreshing to hear because when you do take a little break, um, the thought definitely goes through your mind, like, okay, like, do we want to get back into this? Do we want to start it back up? And I think, I definitely think it's worth it. I definitely enjoy the feedback and hearing people talk about it. And I think people enjoy not so much mine, but your perspective on a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) No one cares what I have to say. Wow. I think people do. Um, but I, you're right. More so me. Um, (laughs) no, I actually had someone yesterday when we were at an event come up to me and they said, I know everyone's running over to Justin, but I just want to thank you for doing your podcast. It does mean a lot. And I don't know this year I went through a whole, I'm going to just walk everyone through my, my playoff experience. (laughs) So obviously the wild card game we talked about was insane and you had the big home run in that game well ct had the game winning home run you had the big home run and then anytime you're playing the giants and it's playoffs i think 
it was going to be insane because I think fans always want you guys to win. But I think when it comes to that rivalry and that adds that extra layer Mm -hmm. of, I don't know, you have to do this. Like you have to win, you have to beat them. It was just intense from the beginning. And it's so crazy because you, you end up in the wild card game and you think, okay, one game and win or go home, how much nicer would a five-game series be? And then you're in the five-game series and it starts and then you're like, okay, seven games would be so much nicer. It ends up feeling so short. Yeah, You think you have all the time in the world to like, okay, if you lose, you lose. Like then you lose one more, it's over. So and I think going into the Giants series and then losing the first game, it just automatically had that feel of being behind. I don't know if you feel that too. I don't know. I feel like you have a better perspective of like one game at a time. And you always say that like when we're um, going through it and going through the playoffs and you guys will lose. This happened in with last year against Atlanta. I was like, well, what are you guys going to do? Yeah. Like win tomorrow. And that's always just, and I don't know if you're just saying that. So you're like no. trying to believe it, but you always have that perspective of we just needed a game tomorrow to play and then we have a chance. Like we just need another game tomorrow and we have a chance. We just have to win game by game. And you can't, cause I started to go down that road of, Oh gosh, you already lost one. Like what if you lose tomorrow, then you're down two games. It's the best of five. Like that's an impossible mountain to climb. Obviously it's not, you guys did it last year, but it just felt immediately so much more intense this year. Well, look in any series you play, especially when you don't have home field advantage, like game one is, so important and Which, we didn't have the home, home field, field advantage even though we won a lot of games and that's a whole nother I mean the Giants series yes yeah but the next series that was great but anyways anyways um yeah so game one's obviously really important and when you lose it and don't have home field advantage and you're in a short series like a five game series it just feel it almost feels like you lose two games yeah so your back's really against a wall in game two to make sure you win. Otherwise, you know, you're, you're essentially one game away from, from going home. So, um, that whole giant series was, was just intense and nuts. And I mean, you're talking about the two best teams in baseball going at it in a five game series. And it literally, I mean, played out that way. It literally played out like the the two best teams in an absolute like back and forth battle. And, the irony of, you know, essentially not winning the division because of a check swing and then winning the the DS on a check swing um, was pretty crazy. Yeah. And you getting hit by a pitch was just beautiful. And then coming around to <laughs> I needed score. that. I needed that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, through that series, I don't know what it was. And I don't know if it's maybe you guys are always doing better in playoffs or like things are just going differently for you, but I was just getting so much shit on social media and it stopped being fun. I don't know why, like that side of it. And so I kind of shifted my perspective to just being at the games and just being present and cheering. And I talked about on the wildcard episode, I try to protect myself and act like I'm not super into something or I don't know, like I'll, I'll try to tone it down or I'll say, oh, I'm not going to wear like this playoff outfit and be all in and, and as a way to protect myself and act like I don't care, which is a lie because I totally care and I'm totally yep. invested. Yep. Um, 
And I think I tried to shift it for that series and those games to just being there and being with the other girls and the families and, and cheering you guys on. But there was just so much. And this was, well, I like don't want to say Dodger fans, but Dodger fans. Like, there was obviously people on the Giants that were on my page. And I think after you guys clinched in game five and I just posted like, oh, kissing the Dodgers all time hit by pitch leader, whatever, or like yep. the winning yep. run or what or the, what was it? I think it was hit by pitch leader. And people were like, oh, your husband didn't do anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> da, da, da. I'm like, okay, well got on base and scored and ended up making it up. And it's like, who cares? Like, yeah. and I always say that I'm like, the, if the team wins, who cares? And well, it's just so funny that, I don't know, people do that. And I get, I get that from Giants fans because obviously you're upset your team lost and you're going to go and you're, but I'm like, who's like, Oh, let me go. And who's that third baseman that, Oh yeah. Justin. Tr oh, let me go on his wife's Instagram and let me just <laughs> stir some shit up with her. Like, it's just so strange. Like well, I don't get how you even land on that page and think you're going to write something, but it was so bad. And also Dodger fans too. I had people telling me on Twitter <laughs> that they were ready for you to retire. You need to hang them up. You should be done. Like they don't want you on the team anymore. And da, 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 da. I'm like, wait at the wild card game, literally four days ago, you were like, Oh my gosh, yay home run. And so excited. And now you, they're calling for you to retire. So it was just so exhausting and ridiculous to, <laughs> to read all of this stuff. And normally I'll like, I don't know if it's, at least a clever comment I'll respond back, but I just ended up shutting it down and I turned off comments on my page. Unless you followed me, I shut down messages. Like I close, I shut, I closed up the DMS. You could not slide into my DMS in October and I deleted my Twitter app and I was a lot happier, I have to say. And I think that was like a way of protecting myself from feeling good about a game or being happy about a win and then going on and peeping on social media and having someone just like knock me down or like take any sort of like good mood out of me. Like I, they didn't deserve that. Well, I think, I mean, we talk about this all the time, right? Like there's obviously a ton of Dodger fans who love us and bleed blue and no matter what are behind us and celebrate all the good and, and, you know, when things don't go right, you know, still support us. But for whatever reason in our world, in our society, you know, those negative comments feel like they weigh a lot more. And in the playoffs, when you're on a bigger stage and the microscope's a lot bigger, you know, you just feel like those negative, I mean, you're, you're either getting one or the other, right? You're either getting the really good one or you're getting the really bad ones. There's no like, stuff in between or stuff from that has nothing to do with baseball, right? It's, it's all about the game and what's happening. And, you know, it is tough. It is, it is hard that, you know, if you don't have the success that you hope to have or that you had in the past, then obviously, you know, I want to do everything to help the team win. And, you know, when you don't play well, uh, you hear it and it as much as it sucks for me I feel worse for you because it's like out of your hands you're like hoping that I play well so you don't get bashed on social media <laughs> that's the only reason I and hope you do well. I know like, but like don't. no but like that's a feeling that I have I'm like oh man like I went over four and we lost like like that literally goes through my mind like oh I when I'm coming out of the locker room and I'm like oh gosh like I I wonder what 
people are saying to Courtney, like, <laughs> you know, after this, like, cause I'm going to hear it and you're going to tell me and people were saying stuff the whole time. But again, like that stuff for whatever reason, just seems like it weighs more than all the good things that we get. And I wish there was like a, a matrix, like magic pill that you can take and make the good stuff kind of sit heavier on you than the bad stuff. Well, you asked me, because a lot of times I'll get a really nasty comment or something just completely off the wall, rude or absurd, and I'll screenshot it and I'll send it to one of my girlfriends or my sister or you. And I think we're on a bus ride maybe after we landed in Atlanta or something. And you said, how many times do you screenshot really nice comments and send them to your sister or to your friends? And get their feedback on it. And he's like, you don't because, and he's like, for whatever reason, like the negative stuff, it just like, sits with you. Yeah. And it's great. And there are really, really, really nice comments. 100%. And that's what I was just trying to, uh, take away was if, okay, if you're not following me, then why are you allowed to comment? Like, why are people allowed to message me? And I kind of went through the whole thing of, I do like interacting with people. And I think, a lot of times I make myself like very available, yep. which I, I like, like if people are like, Hey, where'd you get this? Or, Oh, Hey, you went to this restaurant. What'd you order? Like send you a message, whatever. Um, a lot of stuff with the foundation people get. And then I thought, okay, I have a website where you can email me and contact me. Oh, well, I just opened that up. So <laughs> send all your hate to my email. Uh, and then we have the <laughs> foundation website as well. So if people have something with the foundation that they can email that and send that over as well. So I kind of went through the thing of like, why do I have DMs open so people can write stuff? And why am I allowing comments? And why am I even looking on Twitter? Because usually if I'm on Twitter, it's like I'm looking for information about what happened if there was like an injury or something in like another game, like from mm-hmm. another team, like I don't really need it while I'm sitting no, watching the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. And so I don't know. I just kind of did a few things to keep it a little tighter on my page and. And found, you felt good about it. Yeah. It freed you up. Well, even just at the games, there were fans that were saying, Oh, Courtney, I love Justin. I love what you do with foundation. I love the podcast. And like I said, like you don't ever have those people that write that stuff, like come up to you in person. It's very rare. If ever that you'll meet someone at a game, because a lot of times those people that are writing those things probably aren't even like going to the game or they might just be a troll. That's not even a fan. And they, I don't know, are just using to be nasty. And you also said, and other people have said, it feels like they're only saying it about you. Mm-hmm. And they're like, go and look on someone else's page or go and like search someone's name on Twitter. Cause I made, I said, I made a point like it won't search your name on Twitter. Cause that is just like yeah, all hell. <laughs> like good. I'm looking to find something that I don't like. And so me and some of the other wives, we would like search a name of like a player in another team or something. And there was, it's the same. Like there, even if I think a player is doing well, there's still that stuff. So it's with everyone. So it's just hard to not give it weight or, or thought. And I won't say it like greatly affects me, but something about this postseason was just so crazy. <laughs> I don't know if it was last year in the bubble and like you guys playing and people were just so happy to have baseball and be watching sports and be going to the game. And it just had a different feel. But this year was so crazy. Well, I think you brought up a great point to touch on. And it's this, it doesn't just, I think apply to me and you or baseball players or baseball wives. I think in general, like 
people should really reflect on what they want to get out of social media, right? And like, why are you there? What is it you're searching for? Because I feel like your answer isn't probably anywhere close to what you're actually getting from it, right? right? So like if you're on social media, like you said, to get news or search what's going around around the league or trade rumors or whatever, but you're getting other stuff and negativity and you're spending more time on that, then I think that's a, a pretty good assessment on whether or not, you know, it's it's something that's benefiting, you know, your your mental health, really. Because yeah. social media is tough and there's so much out there today with, uh, you know, bullying and cyberbullying and picking on people and, and just bad stuff coming from social media because it's such a, I guess broad platform that anyone can be on and can hide behind usernames and pictures of eggs and say whatever they want and they don't have <laughs> to do it to they don't have to do it to <laughs> to anyone's face so like i honestly i think that you know i think we all could kind of try to understand what we want to get out of our social media accounts and make sure you know that's what we're accomplishing and not not getting uh, sidetracked and going down those negative roads and then feeling bad about ourselves because that's not why we're, we're using these apps. Yeah, it's true. That's so. a good point. And yeah, I hate that. It, it, I even let it affect me in any way that it does or that I even get rattled by it for a second. And I know I'm a lot better than I used to be. And I've tried to like shift perspective and all of that, but it still is just, so frustrating mm -hmm. that it's baseball and it's supposed to be fun and it's playoffs and it's the most exciting time of the year. And then there's these people that just want to take a big dump on dumper all <laughs> over it yeah. for people. And I hate even giving it any like space or energy, but I don't know. Yeah, it was tough. And then obviously your season coming to an end was brutal and painful painful for you but also painful for me mm -hmm. and watching that and seeing that and going through that it just felt like ugh, like I definitely did not want to go on social media after that because obviously I know there would be people wishing you well but then there were going to be people that were just being nasty or being rude or saying oh thank god he's not playing anymore or whatever <laughs> like oh, yeah. like and so I just shut down after that and I think for me like I'll walk you through my headspace like you get hurt and I sit there and I'm completely frozen and I actually think I had my rally towel like over my face so thank shout out to the rally towel for being my like <laughs> comfort rag for a moment and then I go up and I'm like, I don't know what to do because I don't know. I always think about this. And I think the first time you ever kind of got, I don't know if it was hurt, but you got kind of like a, you were in a collision on mm -hmm. the field yep. in DC. Yeah. And I think you and I were only dating at that point for like, I mean, that was like our first full season together. It was a uh, Brown. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And Andrew Brown. Yeah. And he yeah. ran in from left field and you were like at third, right? That was actually my first game back off the DL <laughs> and I was playing shortstop and in the first inning okay, I collided yes. with the left fielder. Yeah. Okay. So there's no manual of like, where do you go when your husband gets hurt or yeah. like what, like, I think everyone just assumes you like 
run on the field with a kerchief, like (laughs) what's going on? And like someone guides you, but there's no really like you don't go down and see your partner like in the clubhouse. So I go up and I go up to like the family floor and I'm like, I'm just going to text Andy, who's Mm -hmm. the medical, I guess, liaison liaison for the team. And so normally if you're in a doctor's appointment or he would ever go with you to like get an x-ray or MRI or something like he's normally my, I found out early that you text Andy and he's like your plug for info about your husband. So Andy's great. So I text Andy, even though he's a Patriots fan, he's great. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone has a fault. So uh, text Andy, that's normally my move. And I just go to the parking lot and I go and I sit in the car because I'm numb and I know that I'm being like in this grand scheme of life. Like this is not, world ending but this means a lot to me and I know it means a lot to you and it was just heartbreaking and so I go and I just sit in the car and I text Andy and I say no rush but just let me know like if I need to go down there or if we need to go somewhere because at that point I honestly didn't know that it was your hands hamstring Mm -hmm. (laughs) I said hamstring yeah um I I wish it was my hamstring (laughs) (laughs) and because I was thinking it looked I've, I've like, I think I've like repressed it and like blacked out a lot of it, but it looked obviously super painful. And I just thought, I don't know if it was like knee or ankle or hand, like I just assumed hamstring, but I didn't know. So I just said, let me know what's going on and like no rush. Like I'm here. And if I need to do anything, let me know. And he responds and he's like, okay, we'll let you know. He's talking to the doctor now. So at that point, I just am like a shell of a human. Like, I, I don't know where your head was at in that moment. Obviously, you're pissed and you're frustrated. Yeah, I I think I firmly believe that we were going to win that series. And the first thing that came to my mind was like, F me. Like, I'm going to have to miss the World Series. Like, that was the first thing that popped in my mind. Like, there's no, like, I don't. I've had my hamstring injuries before and this one was like, I'm like, there's no way this is going to be less than two weeks and I'm going to miss out on the, on the world series. Yeah. And that was like the first thing that, that kind of popped through my head. Yeah. And yeah, so I'm in the car and I have the game on my phone, but like, I'm, it's like, I'm not, I'm paying attention, but I'm not like, I'm still like waiting to hear back from you. Cause I honestly like still didn't really know what it was. And there were people saying, Oh, it was this or it was this. But like, honestly, I feel like a lot of times it's just speculation until I hear from you or I hear from Andy. Like I, I'm not, I didn't want to like jump to conclusions. And so I don't know. I just start thinking, I don't know. I go, I go to such a negative place and it's so hard. And I, I don't know. I know it could be a lot worse and it and all of that, but it was, I was having like a full pity party for <laughs> myself, <laughs> like yeah. full disclosure. Like it sucks. Cause you yeah. work your whole year for this and like you want it so bad. And then I, I had the same thought. I was like, Oh gosh, like if he's done for the series, like there's Justin, like watching the team celebrate a world series again, um, not on the field. And I think my mind went there too. And I don't know. And then I heard from you and you crutched on out. Yeah. That when, was, I, that was even great there. That was the hard, the scariest part for me was I'm like, you're like, okay, I'm coming up and you obviously had 
people with you and came out to the lot and you're on a crutch and I'm thinking like, oh shit, like (laughs) this is really bad. And I obviously knew you were in a lot of pain, just you needed help getting down into the dugout and down the steps into the clubhouse. Which was great by the way, because AJ, you know, kind of met me on the top step and helped me down the dugout. And then Albert actually pretty much carried me all the way down the dugout stairs, back up the clubhouse stairs and into the, in the clubhouse, which was, which was pretty cool. I mean, considering the situation. Yeah. Yeah. It was just sad. But no, yeah. When I was getting ready to leave, I got up off the table and, um, you know, Dr. Elitrosh was like, you need a crutch. And I was like, really? I was like, do I need a crutch? And he's like, you need a crutch. And so I was like, oh man. And that like made it feel 10 times because I've never had, I've never had to crutch out after a hamstring injury. Yeah. Like I just took my time and kind of hobbled and he's like, no, 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 you're, you're going to need a crutch. You know, so when I saw you on one crutch. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was only one crutch. Your rapper name now. And I, I was, it was just heartbreaking and it was just so, it was so sad. I don't know why. It was just like this whole thing is, it was just a downer and Obviously, the series goes on. You guys have a huge win the next night, which yep. was insane. And then go to Atlanta and just fell short. Fell short. Yeah. And I don't know. It just for me, I I have this tendency when things don't go well. Like, and even when you guys have lost in the past, I always say it's like you're mourning your season, and it's tough. And I think a lot of people outside of baseball don't really get that. They just think like, oh, you're free now. Like, let's hang out. And you're like, I need like a minute to Mm -hmm. like process this and go through it and, and all of that. So I don't know. For me, I was like, okay, I don't do a podcast anymore. Like, I don't want to do the marathon anymore. Like, I just want to shut down. And it's sad because those are things that I enjoy. And it's sad that when something goes wrong, I just have this tendency to hide and well, it just has such an effect on not want to do anything. Yeah. yeah. It's such an effect on your life. Like that you want to literally stop everything else. <laughs> yes. That's not normal. No. I know it's not normal, but, but that's how it feels. That's yeah. just real. And, and, and yeah. especially with the negativity and I'm thinking, okay, I'm doing podcast and we, I think you and I are on like the higher side of how much we share about our lives and how much we yeah you know, talk about on social media and in the podcast and like give, give a pretty good amount of our energy to letting people and fans come along on our journey, which we love and wouldn't have it any other way. And then when this happens and there was just some of the negativity and all of that, it just clouds that. And it makes me think like, well, I don't want to give anything. Like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I giving this part of our lives when people are being mean in return? But again, it's like, such a small percentage and I shouldn't give in to that and I shouldn't want to stop doing things just because of that. That's giving way too much power to that. So I just kind of had to like pick myself up after a few days and be like, no, that's, it's not how it's going to be. I'm going to run the marathon. I was like, nice try trying to get out of it. (laughs) But I think it goes both ways. I think it's, it'd be easy to be closed off and very private, but then you don't, get the warm, happy, like good feelings, uh, that you share with people that you meet and the journeys that you go along, like with families and, 
and veterans and everyone that, you know, we have the opportunity to kind of reach out and I, I guess touch or help or aid mm-hmm. in some sort of way. You don't, you don't get to experience that, but also on the other side, you know, when the bad stuff comes, you know, it feels just as bad or just as heavy on you. So, um, it's definitely, I, I think it's worth it. I think, you know, dealing with the negative stuff is all part of it, but I think the positive stuff extremely outweighs the positive experiences and the, the things that we've gotten to do over the years have significantly outweighed, you know, this bad stuff. But again, for whatever reason, human nature, the bad stuff just feels like it's just dominating all the cool things we've done. So, but I don't know. I think if you want, I'll, uh, I'll put a bow tie on this last season and, and then we can kind of move on from it. I think, uh, (laughs) it's easy for everyone to point their fingers and go back and look at what went wrong or what could have happened. And you can point at the injuries and you can point at the, you know, the giants, you know, taking us all the way down to the last game of the season, uh, with the chance to win. And you can take us to the five game series against the giants and, how hard fought that was and whether or not we kind of ran out of gas after that. And, um, you know, some people talk about decisions that are made, whether they think that's the front office or, or Dave or, or what happened or game management. Or some people say that I just sucked and that's why, <laughs> that's why we, we didn't go, but it's so easy to go, go back and, and point fingers. Um, but at the end of the day, and I've said this many times, only one team gets to be happy. Uh, this year it was the Braves and, you know, we just, we just fell short in, in the CS and that happens. Um, you know, we're definitely not okay with it. We're definitely not satisfied by it. Um, we wanted to go all the way, be the last team standing and bring another championship home to LA and, and get that parade. Um, but it didn't happen. And like I told the guys in the locker room after, um, which was also a pretty special moment. I mean, we had four future Hall of Famers in the clubhouse and, and hearing them kind of address the team was was special afterwards, uh, especially Albert. But um, like I told the guys, like this sucks, it's brutal, but just remember how crappy this feeling is when you're going in the off season, you start getting ready for next year and use that as, as motivation to come back and win a, win a championship in 2022. So um, I think that's the, the way you got to look at it. And it's, it's easy. To, like I said, it's easy to go back and say if this or, but we could have done this and that's just not going to get anywhere, but that's, that's the human nature of, of fans and people in the game and uh, we get it, but I think it's time to, to look forward. We got a, hopefully an exciting off season in front of us. I know it's going to be crazy. It's already heating up. I think that was another sad part is you always think about teams and, I said this in my social media post, the wives this year and the guys on your team. And you've said this, this group was really, really, really special. And I think this is a, like the, we've always been, like I say, we always sit together in the playoffs and everyone cheers their freaking head off and goes crazy. But there was just a bond this year that was really special. And I think that was another thing that was hard to mourn was the end of this season and what the team's going to look like next year. Cause it could look very, very different. So I think yeah, a lot of pieces, a lot of pieces uh, could potentially not, yeah. not return. And then a lot of big pieces, a lot of guys that have been here for a long time and been a big part of this kind of run we've been on, you know, when you're talking about Kershaw and Seeger and Kenley, and um, then you keep going down the CT. There's just so many guys 
that have been such a big part of this whole run that we've been on. Um, you know, Joe Kelly, the last three years, uh, it's just it's just tough at the end of the day because you know that there's a possibility that's the last time you you are sitting in the same clubhouse as, as some of these guys, and that, that part's tough. And I knew it from the other side of it because I was that guy last year at the end of it, and I didn't even get to be in the clubhouse to think that this might be my last time in the clubhouse with the guys. So yeah. it's just it's just a weird feeling. It's tough. I talked with the media guys yesterday at the at the Turkey Drive about, you know, the experience of free agents and what you're going through and everyone thinks it's really cool and like, oh my God, you're getting pursued by all these teams and you're getting all these offers and all this money thrown at you. But it's really it's really a pretty miserable process if <laughs> if I'm being honest. It's not fun. It's not yeah. fun to go through. Yeah. It's fun when you finally figure out where you're going to end up, but the process of it is, is tough. Yeah. I agree. Anyways, that's that your bow. Did we bury it? I don't know if that was a bow or not, but I know. And when we flew home from Atlanta and get home (laughs) and you unpack and then you go to bed and the next day the sun rises and (laughs) you just, and you're like, what do I do? (laughs) I'm supposed to to be going to the field. We have been so busy. Yes, crazy busy. And I can't believe it's already been a month into the off season. I know. So Courtney's a big list girl. She <laughs> likes to put down a list of everything and she has this master list and I feel like And then I've lists uh, of my lists. <laughs> yes. They're categorized under the master list for like, you know, foundation or at home or business or whatever we got and I, it felt like when we first were like over this, the season, I mean, I don't know if we'll ever get over it, but when we first were like trying to move forward, (laughs) we looked at this master list and I felt like there was like literally 10,000 bubbles. She does it on the, um, what's the app? Well, I have the master one on my phone and then I do a daily one on paper, but yeah, on the notes section. On the notes where you can put little bubbles. I felt like there was like 10,000 bubbles. So we were just slowly (laughs) trying to check off as many bubbles as we can every day. And it's been, it's been fun, but it has (laughs) been a lot. I mean, we got a lot going on with the foundation. I don't know. You want to go into some foundation stuff? You um, ran, you're the one that ran the big the big marathon. I know we can chat. We I can did my chat. first five k. We can chat marathon. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's crazy because the podcast started with my marathon recap. Yes, last March, very first episode. I know, and I never want to go back and listen to that episode because I bet it is just such a train wreck and all over the place but I think I've actually gone back and listened to really it. I maybe I should I well I would have to listen to an episode of the podcast to do that but <laughs> so yeah the marathon it was it's normally in March and it was postponed obviously due to COVID-19 into what were we at November yeah so November, November 7th 7th yes so I Initially, when I signed up, because I was named a LA Marathon ambassador, which was very exciting. So um, just a really awesome group of people um, that were selected by LA Marathon to... I got a chance to meet them all. She, they really are yeah. very Everyone has such tier. incredible stories and how they got into running. It's and the best energy. I like feel like a fraud in that group because right. I am 
like a, <laughs> like a fake runner, not a fake runner. I just, they are like, they've got it down. So they have guide me a lot. There are a lot of them <laughs> that guide me. Um, and so when I initially signed up and thought, okay, November 7th, that is, sucks for a date. Like it's not ideal because I was thinking, okay, world series ends on what November 2nd, yeah. possibly. So I'm thinking you were hoping you were going to run along I thought the they were bus shut, for the parade. Uh-huh. I thought they were going to use the marathon yeah. route and just double it for the parade. So yeah. I was just thinking, okay, whatever, let's just do it. <laughs> I'm, I've signed up, so I'm not a quitter. And I started training, started training earlier than I normally do. I think I normally start training about eight weeks before, which is really stupid. But I think I started training three, maybe three to four months, like light training. This was the most serious you took a marathon in the training wise. Yes, but for sure. it sucks because playoffs started and it just becomes so hard. Like you're longer. So my marathon schedule was run Tuesday, Thursday, and then, and Tuesday, Thursday is normally like you run short runs and by yeah. short, it's like three miles, which is long. For yeah. Me. Three, four miles. And your Saturday run is your longer run. Mm-hmm. And so those go all the way up to 22 miles. And those, I mean, that's a long commitment. And so when we were at Atlanta, I had a 12, six, I don't even know what I had, 12 mile run that we would just get in the night before and then I'd have to hydrate and get ready and prep and wake up and then go on this run and it's crazy hot. I don't know the city and all of this. So like towards the end, it got kind of chaotic to get all these runs in and not fall off. And there was a point where I was like, oh gosh, like (laughs) this is not good. And, um, I don't know. I just got discouraged because it does get intimidating when you start to get closer to the marathon and think about how you're going to do it and what that's going to be like. But I just kept pushing through. And even though I had that moment after the end of the season where I just wanted to shut it down and just call it quits, um, I was like, you know what? I have to do this. I committed, started my fundraising and kicked that off. And I have to say, this is the first time doing the marathon that I actually was happy while I was running. And I don't know if that was just shifting my mind and enjoying myself or being with the ambassadors that have done it so many times and kind of looking through their lens of just, we get to run our city and run through these incredible places and people are out in the streets cheering us on. We didn't get to do this in March because it was shut down. Like how lucky we are that we're able to do this and just being appreciative of the weather was incredible. The volunteers out there that were doing water and fuel and snacks and cheering us on and the music and just everything from, you know, start to finish just taking that in and enjoying that. So you had a glasses half full perspective this time. I did. And normally like, so my first one, I just did it to finish yep. and I didn't feel ready. Didn't have a plan. I didn't have my bowel movement schedule, like the, whatever <laughs> everyone like wanted me to do. I didn't know what any of that was and no, I still have not scheduled one. So, I mean, I've <laughs> <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I don't, I'm not one of those. Do you schedule it daily? No, I just, I don't, I don't know how people shit during the marathon. I wouldn't be able to stop. If I like have to stop, I don't like, I might fall into like the porta potty. Anyway, you don't even pee, do you? You just keep going six hours, five hours, whatever it is. Because if I feel like if you break the seal, it's gonna, yeah, it's not good. So this year I took it more seriously. I had the fuel that I wanted with me. I had a plan. 
Um, I wanted to go for a PR. Yep. But I didn't want to really, like, really crush it because then I don't have a lot of wiggle room for next year. So <laughs> as long as you make a PR, then yes. you make a PR. And so I finished last year in 540, and so I just wanted to go for 530. And See, I so thought you did 547 last year. I don't know why. Um, that might have been head. like the gun time and then time? yeah okay. and then because you don't start like right when they start the timer and then they adjust it for when you started the went across the start line got it um and I felt really good where I actually finished and I thought I could have maybe given a little more but there is a quick turnaround and there's another one in March which is crazy because normally after you put your body through a marathon and all of that training, you are supposed to take some time off. And they say two weeks, right? To have nothing. Oh. Like, do nothing. Yeah. Like, well, you, it just depends. Like, if you're not used to it, obviously, you need a lot more time. But and they say, like, go back into it very slowly. The people that ran, I mean, there was people that were, some of the marathon ambassadors did Big Bear Marathon the next weekend. Yeah. So, I mean, these people are just incredible and a little crazy. But it's... It just depends on your body and what you're used to. And I actually had a few aches and pains going into the marathon. I was so nervous, um, but I just whipped on some Voltaren and said a little prayer. And thank God I had no pain the entire yeah. marathon. I had the start of a blister on my feet and I actually, I found, I figured out why. So I was doing laundry two days ago and I have these socks that I wear. They're features brand um, F E E T features and they're the best. And it's like not sponsored, but they have good like arch support and they have good cushion. And I've just always, when I run, I wear them and they're my favorite. I actually got you kind of hooked on a few pairs. Yeah. And they don't slip. Off yeah. Your heel. They uh -huh. stay. Yeah. And they have like the cushion on the back of your heel. So yeah. I was doing laundry. I was putting away laundry. I wore a small cause I bought a pair at the marathon expo. Cause I was like, Oh, I've kind of worn down mine. Like, let me get a fresh pair. I bought a small and Instead I wear a medium. A medium. Yeah. Uh huh. And that's the first time I ever got a blister running ever. Wow. And so I started to get one. And my friend Ezra that I was running with was like, go in my backpack. I have Vaseline, like slap it on and like, let's keep going. And so he's like, the second it starts to feel hot, like if you go any past that point, it's over. Like it's going to yeah. be a blister. It's going to break open and you're going to be miserable. And I was like, nothing is breaking my stride. <laughs> so slapped on the Vaseline and put my shoe back on and kept going and it was not an issue, but I think that was it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You so didn't have the proper coverage. I didn't have the right sock on. <laughs> so, no, um, you, killed, you, you did awesome. You were cruising. We were having a hard time keep up, keeping up with you. It's funny Along though. The so the end, I will say the new course. So it normally is the stadium to the sea. And so it normally starts at Dodger stadium and you end up in Santa Monica your final mile is the oceans on the right. It's just crazy. This year they did kind of a down and back. So when you hit Brentwood, you turned around and then you went up to Century City and finished on Avenue of the Stars. Well, I'm silly and I said that I planned, but I didn't really look at the course. And I didn't I don't know, maybe I just don't want to know like what the what the last part looks like because in the old course you're going downhill it's like a very slow descent like the last 10 miles -ish? not the last 10 no it's like when you hit san vicente i don't know maybe the last six it's yeah. a very like gradual but mm -hmm. at least it's not like yeah you're up, going downhill because there are a lot of like sneaky hills yep. and not so sneaky hills in downtown and in hollywood and going through west hollywood um 
that you just have to be ready for. And that's why I did a lot of my running in Pasadena because it's super hilly and just kind of like get myself ready for that. So this, the final, I would say three miles was a lot of hills and uphill. It was like all uphill. Yeah. And I saw a lot of people struggling, which made me feel better because I was struggling. And by then you're in direct sun and it just was such a challenge, which I think obviously makes finishing a lot sweeter. I will say the finish line was a more of a hot spot. There were a ton of people, a lot of cheering. That setup was a lot better for sure, but it was definitely challenging, I think. Um, well, you said the worst part was because it was a down and back. Oh, you were going geez. down Santa Monica <laughs> that was and you fair. actually run right past yep. Avenue of the Stars. So you're seeing the finish line <laughs> and you're seeing people finish. And that's like, I think it was between 18 and 19 yeah, mile at marker. Tw- at, yeah, like 19 or 20. So you're at mile, let's say 18 and you're seeing people finish and you're, <laughs> you're like, crap. No, I you s- still have six to I go s- at that point. Yeah, so, so it was mile 20. 20. Almost 20. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, like these people are done and I still have six miles You hear to go. Rudy Novotny announcing names of people crossing the finish line. Yeah, that's... And I literally was like, is that real? And yeah. everyone was like, oh man. But it was cool because I got to see some of the ambassadors going in to finish yeah. um, on our down and back. Because yeah. normally you never pass anyone. anyone on the other side. So I was able to see a few people that were turning in and they're like almost there. I'm like, we're actually not almost there. But so I was at the corner. <laughs> I was a, I was on like mile marker 20, which is like a corner of yeah. the down and back. It's right at the very beginning of Santa Monica or end, depending on which way you're running. Yeah. And I was on Instagram live, like filming, like showing people both sides, like, oh, check it out. Da, da, da. And that was like one of the most popular comments I got was like, oh, have you seen anyone just jump to the other side and finish? Like just cut the. Oh, the I thought course. about it. It crossed my mind, but, but I'm you have a woman. Sensor, but you have sensors no, in I your. Know. I'm a woman of integrity. I as know well. that you know this, but <laughs> I'm telling our listeners that the runners all have sensors. Yeah. So you're literally like going through checkpoints. So you couldn't even you couldn't cheat. Otherwise, you would skip mile markers. I think it's every five k you cross yes. over like what looks like a finish line, and it's yeah, like so that. every three miles, it almost looks like a speed bump, and uh-huh. you hear it beep when you when you're. Um, it's like fast pass. Uh huh. Yeah. So you can't skip. No. I mean, technically you can like, you could, you could have skipped like when it turns around from like 23 to like 26, in maybe. In that case, like just but do why, the half why marathon. Why would you do that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess you could still get it and then they give you your medal at the end and they would probably just reach out to you and say you cheated. But it was, it's, it was definitely a mind F for sure to see and hear the finish line. And then, but it was also like, you know, we're pretty close if we're yeah. going down six, you know, six miles. I'm like, okay, it's just a 10 K. And th- that's the point at mile 19 or 20 where you start to, you lose it a little bit and you have to kind of keep digging, keep it. And that was good. Phil, who I've actually had in the podcast, one of the ambassadors met me and helped Ezra and I keep our mind right and ran us home for the last six miles. Yeah, because so. Phil didn't actually run the marathon, right? Don't rat him out. I'm not ratting him out. I'm no, telling okay. him how great he, he, he actually <laughs> probably ran close to 26 miles because he was helping. He just did Boston. So he is a badass. But what he did was he met people towards the end of the race and was like, what's your time that you want to finish on? And then he would pace them to the finish line and yeah. then he'd come back and meet yeah. more people. So he probably ended up <laughs> running close to 20 miles. I know. And that's what he did with, you and Ezra, right? He was like, what, what's your goal? What do you want to finish at? And yeah. you told him five thirty, and he's like, all right, let's go. And he started his watch and he like paced you guys home, which was yeah. really cool. 
which by the way, I didn't even see Phil on the finish line. Like I had been seeing you and Ezra the whole time <laughs> and like didn't even cross my mind that Phil was like Phil right was there the with one you that guys. filmed I, that video right that I behind posted, you guys. Uh-huh, yeah. Which I'm so grateful that we have that because that was so fun. But I completely missed that that was I even feel right like my you. reaction at the finish line was like I normally never I'm just like oh I'm done like in this year no, I was you like, were excited yes. <laughs> yeah you were yeah very happy I'm not like an out like I don't display a lot of like outward emotion no but I think the accomplishment was real and I think that you were very happy with your performance well normally we're I'm training through when you're in the off season and spring training and yeah. it's just a lot easier. And so I think there were a lot of challenges to training. Yeah. And I think the course change obviously was more difficult. So to shave 10 minutes off, if you were running last year's course, I think you know oh, that would have been sure. a, a lot bigger, Yeah, a lot bigger gap. And, so. and we have to shout out our, our two top fundraisers. Yes. Our 5k runner, Philip raised $4,000 and yeah, ran the 5k it. in 22 minutes or something. It, I think it was 21. I Whatever. He ran it, but he's, he had a PR too in his 5k. Yeah. He crushed it, crushed the fundraising. And then Liz, who actually decided to run the marathon because of my podcast That's right. about running a marathon. We I convinced one her, person. We I convinced one her that she could do a marathon because if I can do it, anyone can. Anyone can. And that is true. That, that is very true. Yes. Um, well, so I don't yeah. know. I don't know if I could. <laughs> I know we did talk about that. I don't think I could finish 26 miles right now. I think I could train and possibly do it, but I don't know. Why? So I struggle. I talk about, I struggle to find my thing and like what my thing is and what I do and what I put my energy into and something kind of separate. I mean, no, it's foundation, but something that's mine. And so if you don't have to run a marathon and you have your thing, I don't think you should run a marathon. I think that is probably the best excuse I'll ever have to not attempt to run a marathon. I just don't see the point. Someone's like, oh, why don't you run? I'd be like, ah, you know, 26.2 miles. That's Courtney's thing. That's Courtney's thing. No, but mine. like you've experienced your craft at the highest level. I'm not arguing with you. That's going to be my <laughs> excuse for the rest of my life. When someone's like, why are, what's your excuse? Why aren't you running? I'm we like, should do hey, a half together and let's do like the thing. Las Vegas. I did my marathon. first 5k. I walked it with you. Yeah. So we, there's the LA big 5k the day before the marathon around Dodger stadium and through the neighborhoods there. And it's actually really challenging and really hilly. So normally since it's the day before I just walk it. So all the ambassadors, we just did a, I got the Royal treatment. It, I had 12 ambassadors with me. We like called it the, my first the party 5K. pace. So we did a party pace for someone said trick or treat pace. Oh yeah. Trick or treat pace. We're, it was right after. Yeah. Thanks. Or Halloween. Yeah. So it was great. It was fun. That was when I got to like meet everyone. You got a medal. Hang out and took pictures by you. the, Took pictures but by the mile markers. You stole my glory a little bit. Everyone just was like, oh my God, Justin. No one did that. In that exact voice. No. Yeah. I don't think so. So. It was great. This is my thing. It is your so thing. you know. It was great. Well, the other thing that was different <laughs> about this year being in November was the expo. I got to be around for that. So yeah. it was cool to spend some time at the booth. I know normally spring training, I run and you're on your way either to angel stadium for an exhibition game or getting on a flight back to Arizona. So it was nice to have you be able to hang with me after yeah, see the and, aftermath and beauty lounge, uh, med spa came out again and yep, did the B12 shots and the IVs, um, got everyone ready for the marathon. Yeah. It was Nurse great. V and, Dr. Kirk came out and I think it was, 
it was awesome. It was fun hanging out at the booth and seeing, like, I don't, I've never been to like an expo or. I know I've you got to experience to my like former career like, as a. It was cool. Event manager. That and was I, life. Building the booth <laughs> up and then hanging out for 12 hour days or 16 hour days. That was. No, that it was it. fun. It was fun. I got a, I got a real taste of. Crash course of what put me through college. Yeah. So it's perfect. And it was actually pretty entertaining because I just basically cut all my hair off and shaved my beard and standing in the booth next to a cardboard cutout with the big beard and long hair. Um, not many people knew I was standing right next to me. Someone asked you to take a photo <laughs> of them with your cardboard cutout. They're like, uh, can I take a photo? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And they're like, no, no, I want the photo with the, with him and pointed at the cutout. And I was like, oh yeah, sure. And I grabbed <laughs> the phone and <laughs> started taking a picture. It was, it was honestly, it was satisfying <laughs> it was nice that's so good i love that oh man yeah so the the marathon was a huge success and we had a good time and we raised some money for the foundation and it was it was all good so let's put a bow on the marathon bow on the marathon put a bow on the season bow on the season all wrapped up all now wrapped up. and now we're in turkey time turkey time yeah we got some uh we just did one yesterday turkey drive with the dodgers that was fun um, and then we got one coming up on Sunday too at the dream center. Yep. So we'll be passing out turkeys and sides and all kinds of stuff. Yep. So. Well, it's good to be back. It's good to chat, get everything off our chest from the season and looking forward to more episodes. What's the plan? Are we going to, are we doing a weekly, bi-weekly? Well, we have our RV trip coming up. So I think we should let us know if you think we should come at you from the road every week when we're on our RV Oof. trip and our Indiana trip. Yeah. Keep everyone up to date. We got a lot of time to kill in that RV. So we can, uh, <laughs> we can kind of live pod while we're, uh, oh my gosh. while we're cruising. Yeah. We'll see if we can keep the roof on this time too. <laughs> yeah. and we'll blow bad. the roof off this bad boy. Oh yeah. All, All right. right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Big reminder, in case you stop subscribing, to subscribe to the podcast. And if you are an Apple podcast listener, leave us a review. And I promise you, we read and appreciate all of them. So thanks for listening. And we will talk to you all next week. See ya. Bye. Boom. Bum 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 b